0: Um, This is the time of year when we kind of reflect back on our year. And um, as I look out over my family here, I see that so many of us have had different things happen to us this year. We've all been in a different place than we're used to. And um, the Lord just keeps dropping this in my heart about how he is the same. He does not change. He is our rock. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But aren't you glad that we can change? We don't have to stay the same. And all those things that we've walked through this year, whether it's health issues or... Losing someone that we love or having a baby or all those things, how God has worked in our lives, those are like seasons and we've all been sowing seed in this season and it's got to produce fruit. You know, when we sow things into our life, when the Lord uses our lives as soil to plant things, well, We have enough farmers in this room to understand that when something gets planted, there's going to be a harvest. And so what I think we need to focus on in this week of Thanksgiving is what is that harvest going to be? If we've all been in a place where we've never been before, then the Lord has sown some different seed into our lives. And so the harvest that we expect isn't going to be what we've always expected. He's got something new that he's birthing in us. And so as you guys spend Thanksgiving with your families this week, thank him for bringing you through this season and thank him for the harvest that's going to come. I mean, when the pilgrims had the first Thanksgiving, that was kind of their celebration because, you know, they'd made it. They had food to live on through the winter. And here we are heading in that, and we're all, a lot of us just sort of wondering This is so weird. This is a different place than I've ever been. But he's going to sustain us. And that harvest that's going to come may look different than anything we've ever harvested before in our lives. But it's going to be good and it's going to sustain us. So look for that. Look for what the Lord is bringing out through you. It's a good thing, even though it's different expect the harvest from the hard work of the season that you've been in this year
1: well i just just to start out just reminded um um go back when we were praying for our our church was praying for the pastor you know that god would bring us and how you know the theme was god we want a man that has or a woman that has a heart after you and um I just feel that hanging over this message, but um in worship I was um seeing the the angels that surround the the throne room and how they're just crying out day and night, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord and and I was as meditating on that, worshiping Lord in that and just thinking of those angels and how humble those angels are. There's literally just, you know, they're like this and they have eyes all around them and they're seeing Literally every miracle that's ever come forth, they're seeing actually Shane's um, miracle! That they're seeing the the prayers that have come forth from from John's family that that have been sown in tears, and then they're seeing the miracle of that can, no cancer being in Shane's body. They're saying, "Holy, holy is the Lord!" At that, and and flooding of every testimony. And I was, as I was just worshiping the Lord and thinking of those angels, how there's literally nothing to them, and just all of. On God's holiness and His goodness and His faithfulness and His awesomeness, that if, if there were the world could contain can't even contain the books of the miracles that are written of what's been taking place and all of what Jesus has done, what He's still doing. And I thought, you know, this morning just glancing on Facebook, a Tricia, one of my friends at Bethel, is doing second year and she's a nurse, and she says, um, uh, you know, she. A man came in code and coded out and she goes over there and just starts speaking life over him and declaring life and speaking the word. And, and within 15 minutes, the man's heart was beating and he's alive right now. And I thought of the angels, you know, and you know, because somebody was praying for him and because God loves him that he had Trisha there and it's not, you know, you might think, well, that's a Bethel student or whatnot. And I haven't been dousing that. And then he reminded me of when I was in that drug house and I, you know, 15 years ago and there I was skinny and nothing and I was out in disobedience and I was just a wreck and and he speaks to me to go pray for a woman who's can't even breathe from emphysema and he just wouldn't leave me alone and I'm like god it's four o'clock in the morning I have to go over to the people's house I don't think they don't even like me they're not going to let me in and he just pacing around in that room and he wouldn't let me go and I go in there and and that little 90 pound woman laying on that bed and and I was just trembling, you know, like, and I go in there and the minute I grabbed that woman's hand, the power of God went through both of us. And who is it? You know, it's not me. It's not, it's, it's him, the power of God. And so what I'm saying is that what what pastors, John and Ashley, are, are feeling the heartbeat of heaven about the harvest in this city as you hear about the boxes and all the little things of, of outreaches in the neighborhoods. They're feeling, we're feeling the heartbeat of heaven. And I just want to say that as the Spirit of God comes on you, and you feel prompted to pray for somebody or prompted to speak into somebody's life, jump on it because the power of God is going to come on you. We're in that season. And that's just what I felt like to say.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Awesome. It's God's power. And uh, I mean, I really believe that, you know, we've been through a season of seeing some things that look like like defeats and look like, what you know, things coming against us, but um God's gonna turn that around. And he's gonna turn it around because he's changing the way we look at at our at the people around us, at the way that hey, this is this is about this is about God and this is about God touching them. And um that's a it's a powerful thing that's going on right now. So thank you, Aaron, for that testimony. And God's doing it all over the earth. I mean he's he's calling people back to intimacy. He's he's releasing The supernatural power of God, and He's calling people back to um, love their cities and reach out and to love the nations, um, because all of those are important. Because He loves people. That's that's his his desire is people. I mean, that's 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 all there is for God. People. That's who matters. You're you're more important than the angels. I mean, that's what it says in Scripture. That the angels are blown away, like how come God is so into these creatures? <laughs> and they're they're probably a little bit. I mean, if they look at me, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, but you know, they might be going, "Lord, what's going on there? <laughs> that guy's got some problems. <laughs> He's got some issues." Okay. So we've all got some issues, but God's God's leading us through them. I want to. Um, I am going to share this message, and it's been changed a little bit. If you've noticed, well, change is good as a title there. If you want to open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, um, we are in a a series that we've been in for a long, 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 long time in a far, far away galaxy. And this is (laughs) number 14. So we haven't talked about, we haven't been in 2 Corinthians for a while, and God's been speaking some other stuff. But I, I really couldn't get away from this. I was almost ready to just say, alright God, I'm just going to move on and just let's find something else. And that wasn't uh, what He wanted. So, we've been talking about being authentic. And today, this is going to be about being authentic with God. Because if we're not authentic with God, we're not going to be genuine with one another. If I can't be transparent with Him, if I can't open up my life to Him, how am I going to open up my life to, to a friend or another brother in Christ or a, or a sister? It's going to be pretty hard um, to do that. Because when we open up to him, that's when he begins the, the healing process. And um, so we're going to look at verses, verse eight, Second Corinthians 7, verse 8. So if you want to follow along on the screen or in your Bible... And it says, "This is Paul writing to the church. Remember he just talked about how amazing Titus was, and how when a person shows up in a situation that it can change everything, and you are that person, I want to remind you. It says this: "But even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, what letter is Paul talking about there? You can talk back to me. Right. He wrote, "This is the fourth letter." Uh, we have two of them. This was the last one. And so he's probably talking about the first or the second or the third, right? Just We'll just guess there. But there was some tough stuff he wrote in the first one that was pretty hard. He says, look, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurts you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry... But because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended. And look at this. And so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance. That leads to salvation. And leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly Sorrow has produced in you what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done to make things right. At every point, you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was not on account of the one who did the wrong or of the injured party, but rather that before God, you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. The language in there is amazing. Um. By all this, we are encouraged. And then he finishes up mentioning Titus one more time. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. I had boasted to him about you and you have not embarrassed me. Just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus is true as well. And his affection for you is all the greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. I am glad I can have complete confidence in you. And you know that last statement there? It sounds almost like he's trying to make them do something. But because, you know, and if you read the book of Philemon, it kind of can look like, man, is Paul trying to manipulate them? I know I... You know, when you go up, some, I know I can have confidence that you'll do this. In other words, you're trying to make them do it. That's not what Paul's doing. Paul was so real and so genuine that he he was just able to speak honestly and truthfully, I know I can have confidence of you. It wasn't a motivation to control them. It was a declaration of what he really did believe about them. So that's just a free free thing. So this section here is talking about change. How many I mean Remember, and I was saying, the word there was good. I don't know if you looked at the notes again. I doubt it, but uh, I'm not. I know you, you know, we all just look in the bulletin and check the title of the message. I mean, that's like the first thing I do when I come into church, right? (laughs) Okay, that's really fine. Um, I don't even care if you care about the title. But change is good. That's what repentance is. Repentance is there's a change going on. Does change always feel good? No. no, absolutely. I mean, we are creatures of of habit. We like to stay comfortable i mean i don 't want I like it where everything 's good and nothing is disruptive happening when something disruptive happens in my life man it, what does it mean some some change is going on, and then if there 's a big change where it 's like a permanent change it 's like I have to figure out oh i 've got a new new paradigm i 've got a new new vision of life i 've got a new situation to deal with. And change can be just as simple as, you know, having a baby. Remember that, how that changed your life? Some of you, it's been a long time, I know. But um, some of you, is very recent. That changes your life. When your baby turns 20 months and starts whining about everything, it changes your life, okay? And so you, you try to... Well, I, I'm praying still, so... Give me grace, O oh Lord. So, <laughs> And so... Paul is talking about here, he's saying, look, there's, I wrote you a letter and it hurts you. You're like, man, that's. But notice in the end, it says, but it it led you to be sorry. And not just be sorry, but it led you to your sorrow led you to repent to repentance. And then what does it say after that? It says, and so you weren't harmed in any way. So when God comes to us, whether he uses someone else or just speaks to us personally, and confronts us with something that needs to change, even though it may hurt at first, in the end, if you repent, if you allow him to change you, you won't be harmed. That's what godly sorrow leads to, is true repentance. See, repentance is, I mean, it's kind of this word that, that we can get confused on and and if you've grown up in church you hear it a lot you need to repent you need to you know kind of like it's this God's like ticked off repent I'm you know I'm not going to say that word I'm ticked (laughs) I don't normally say that word but I almost said it (laughs) you can imagine whatever that word you think it is okay (laughs) okay I'm just I sometimes say things I shouldn't as well as you do okay and that's what God has to change me. But see, we can hear that word and we can go, I mean, it's almost like if you grew up in certain eras of of church life, you hear repentance, kind of like this, you know, it's this beat down. Bam, bam, you need to repent, you, you moron. Can't you see you're a dumb Christian? Can't you see you're not making it? Can't you see you're, you're a loser? And then we miss the whole point. Because repentance is not is not a punishment, is not a, is not a beating from God. Repentance is an invitation, it's a rescue attempt. It means you've fallen in a hole, and you're somewhere that is destructive, that is destroying your life in some way. It could seem like a small thing. It could be a, a big giant thing. But it means, and God comes to you with a rope. And says, here's your way out. I am here to rescue you from everything that destroys your life. That's, what, that's the heart of God. That's his desire. So when he says, comes to you and says, look, you need to change this. It's not because he wants to beat you down. It's because he wants to rescue you from something that's going to bring harm in your life. It's going to bring harm in your relationships. It's going to bring harm in your families, whatever it may be. Our view of God affects our view of repentance. See, if you view God as someone who is ready to punish you when you do something wrong, then you'll view repentance as a kick in the shins or a shoving you on the ground. Can't you get something right? I mean, didn't we grow up with that? Some of us in our broken families, we grew up with that enough. Some of us didn't and we were, were spared, but we had other people do it that weren't family members. You're not going to amount to anything. And so we ha- our view of God, we have to change our view view that, that Daddy God is good. So when He comes to me and says, this needs to change. He's not beating you down. He's lifting you up. I was riding with my son in the car and... Uh, you know, in Midland, if you drive west, you know, at like 5.30 right now or 5, um, man, the sun is just right in your eyes. It's just like you can put the shade down and you've got your sunglasses on and, and it's you're still, you know, I'm I'm praying. On, if I drive on Wadley at that time, I'm thinking, man, I hope someone behind me, I hope they can see because I, mean, I know that I'm having a hard time seeing and if I stop, I hope they can see too. And so... You know, when we go that way, you know, Evan is right in the middle, because you put babies, the first one at least, in the middle of the back seat, okay? The the seat, seat people tell you that, okay? That's the way it's supposed to be. And so he's in the middle there. He doesn't have, he ain't got no visor. He's got nothing. And so what does he start doing is the sun gets in his eyes, and he starts getting ticked off, <laughs> He starts yelling and you know making a little bit of noise singing you know singing a new song to me and you know letting Ashley and I know that there's a problem. And so what I do for my son is is I we we try to get hey we here's some sunglasses will you put them on? And what does he No! <laughs> no! No! Ah! And he's crying about the sun being in his eyes. But he won't take the very thing that will help in that moment. Sometimes that's what God is leading us to. When he comes to us and says, look, this needs to change. This this needs to change in your life. He's coming at us with something that's going to help fix the problem. Sometimes we stay crying about the situation, though. Oh! God, no, it's not working out. He's like, Here, here's the way out. Here's some sunglasses, it's gonna help you. They really do help. I don't want to wear those right now, God. Okay, well you're just gonna to have to <laughs> you're just gonna have to sit in the sun then. I mean that's there's no way around it. So repentance comes from the Greek word metanoia. This is your Greek study today. The word metanoia means a change of mind or a change of thinking. Because the first thing that has to happen in repentance is I have to change my mind about something. I have to decide that, hey, where I am is not good. And so change has to happen. Now, it can't just stop in my thinking. You know, if I find that, you know. If every Tuesday I come in and call Gary an idiot. Okay, I don't, but I'm just gonna throw out some basic sin here, okay? <laughs> Calling some you know, tearing someone down with my words. If every, you know, Tuesday morning I come in and say, Gary, you're you're this and it and it's bad, um, it's not repentance if I just say if I just start to think, you know, that's not a good idea, but I still keep doing it. You because know, so it, it doesn't it starts in the mind. I have to first, before my actions change, I have to say, That's not good. I need to change, and then it leads to an action, so repentance is it starts in your mind, but it leads you to action that's changed. so when we say you know repentance is turning and going the other way, it first starts here it's got to start in the mind it's got to start in in our heads romans twelve two if we could put that scripture up um, says this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How are we transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That His will is good and pleasing and perfect. That's the real translation. The NIV misses it there. But... So in other words, that my mind is changed and transformed by it being renewed by the Holy Spirit who is in me. Because my, my spirit is alive. Inside, if I'm a believer, my inside is alive. I've been changed, but my mind still has to change sometimes. It's got to catch up with where, what's in my heart. And that's what repentance is. It's catching up to change. And when we change our thinking, it changes the way we feel. So our emotions are affected. When I start thinking about something different, and then when my, when my thoughts and my emotions are different, then my actions are changed as well. Because if I truly think that's, that's not a good way to go, and I feel like, ooh, that's not a good way to go, then you know what? I'm not going to go that way. And so then repentance has led me to salvation, deliverance, freedom. Salvation in that scripture is not talking about, I gave my heart to Jesus, and now I'm Now I'm a child of God. It's talking about freedom. It's talking about deliverance from things that hold us captive. It's talking about rescue. And so when we change, it's good. Do you see repentance as a rod to punish you or a rope to rescue you? Do you hear the voice of condemnation or the cry of love to rescue you? See there's two different there's two different voices. If you're if you're hearing a cry that's condemning you, that's not that's not God. Romans 8 there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. It doesn't say there's like several, you know just a couple of condemnations. There's no condemnation. In other words, it's, it's never condemning. So, And you know what? This affects our relationship. If we get this right with God, then when we have to work things out with one another, we have the right perspective too because then I know that I'm coming to Gary and we're working something out and it's, we're not condemning each other. You know, it's because we love each other and things have, maybe have to change. I'm, not, I'm just using him as an example. He really does not have a problem with me right now. So I don't have a problem with him. Okay, I'm going to go on this side. <laughs> Notice there's nobody in the front on this side. So, you know, it's, that changes everything. But if we first get it right with God, if we can first understand the Father, how His desire is to bring change, then it can change how we relate to one another. And then we can be, we're able to be safe and secure to be more genuine with each other that we know I can share, hey, I'm struggling with this and I won't be condemned. I'm having a battle right now and I'm losing. And I'm not going to be thrown out in the street. Said, man, you're just you're just a loser. You're just not going to make it. No, it's it's going to send a rope out that says, look, no, you you can change. And so Peter and Judas are a perfect example of that I miss, mentioned that last week. Remember Peter denied Jesus three times. Everybody remember that in in the scripture. You know, and then the last time it says Jesus looked at him. You know, have you ever seen those movies? Those Jesus movies where. Where it's like, you know, Jesus looks at Peter and it looks like, you you loser, I can't believe you did that. You know, it's like the Jesus looks all, I don't think that's how Jesus looked. I don't don't think that's, I don't think that's what he looked like. I mean, that's nothing, if you read the rest of how Jesus reacted in the scripture, revealing who God is. Read the gospels, that's what God looks like. What Jesus does, that's what God looks like. Do you think he was looking at Peter like, oh my gosh, I knew you wouldn't make it. I knew you wouldn't That No, he, I mean, I think Jesus looked at him and was probably had a tear in his eye and compassion. Even though Jesus said, look, I, I told you it was going to happen. <laughs> I told you. No, it's not going to happen, God. Okay. You know, when God comes to you and says, hey, be careful of this, um, he probably is right. He might know. But Judas is the opposite. But what happened to Peter? First, we'll get to Peter. Peter, it says... When Jesus was risen from the dead, he came back and his, he repented and his, world, his uh, godly sorrow led him back to Jesus and he was restored. He was changed. So that the next time when he faced an angry mob that said, are you following Jesus? He says, in fact, let me show you who he is. Healing the blind man and preaching on the day of Pentecost and, and his life was different forever. He was forever saved from that old way of life, that old way of thinking, that old way of acting. Now Judas, on the other hand, also screwed up, okay? And we're all in that same boat, right? We all all still mess up. It's what we do after that that matters. And so Judas betrayed Jesus. Is betraying Jesus any worse than denying Jesus like Peter did? No. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no. It's the same thing. Same exact thing. We don't know why Judas did it. I mean, there's all kinds of theory. You can read all kinds of books and commentaries about, well, Judas was really trying to make Jesus, you know, be the king and force him. and all. Who knows what he was thinking? I don't know. It's like, what were you thinking when you did that thing you shouldn't have done? I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Judas was the same way. But he became sorry. But his sorrow led to death. He killed himself. I mean, it, it led literally to death. But the scripture here says, look, it says, look, worldly sor- or godly sorrow leads to repentance that lead- that brings salvation but worldly sorrow leads to death and as i was thinking about this i felt like the lord dropped in here's a picture of of two people that we need to follow peter when god comes to us and says this has got to change you know where you were last week this has got to change and you know what? That hurts us. I mean, it's like when you when you hurt someone you love, when you do something that they don't want. Man, that that it should hurt us. But it shouldn't just stay, where where our hurt drives us away. It should drive us to Him. There's, I got a little the slides here of, of godly sorrow. Here's here's the difference to know whether you're having godly sorrow or worldly sorrow. Okay, the first first one is godly sorrow. Godly sorrow is holy spirit led worldly sorrow is self searching it's not about you trying to fix yourself and say what's wrong in here no it's, this is led this is something where god initiates it N- next one full of hope in other words man there's it's not a hopeless feeling but worldly sorrow means i mean that's how jews felt there's no hope so i might as well end it all next Godly sorrow, our eyes are on Jesus. Worldly sorrow, my eyes are on me. Big difference. Godly sorrow says I can change. Worldly sorrow says I can never change. Have you ever had that thought come in when you're trying to battle something? Oh, you're never going to change. You you know, you're never going to change that's not that's not God, that's not the Holy Spirit, because He's coming to you saying, "Look, no, I've set you free, I' paid for it, you can change you can be free. Godly sorrow is love saturated. It's always in the context of a of a daddy God who loves you so much that he comes to you, worldly sorrow, fear of punishment, in other words, I'm afraid I'm gonna get hurt." Godly sorrow is full of security and safety. Worldly sorrow, it's uncertainty. I don't know if God's going to accept me. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can go to Him. Godly sorrow is like Peter running to Jesus out of the boat when he saw Him on the shore. Worldly sorrow is like Judas when he ran away. And he is literally led to death. But it can spiritually lead to death and, and all kinds of junk as well. So change is good. And as I was praying um, as I was praying, I felt like there were some specific issues that God um, brought up and brought to my attention. I just wanna, I just want to share them with you. Because what I want us to do is, I want us to just respond to the Lord. Uh, we've had prayer time together. We've had worship time together. But now this is a time for just you and God. This is a time for you and the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you're asking Him to come lead this time. If He doesn't lead you anywhere that's dealing with changing something, that's fine. It, it's, it's His deal. But I do want us to respond. And I think there's some specific things that God brought up. Um, brought to my attention, and remember again, these are not when I mention these things we shouldn 't feel condemned. we should feel like hey there 's a rope there 's a rope hanging down in this hole, and i need to, I need to take a hold of it. The first one was some of us need our change, our view of others, and their actions, getting rid of assumptions, judgment, and suspicion. Wow, and there's some of us among one another in our church that need that I feel I don't necess- i mean i you know I don't necessarily know who that is or who those people are, but God wants to set you free from that view of that person Because it brings separation, and the God is doing this one in a big way right now um in in many churches. How I view and treat those who don't know Jesus. We have to repent. And change our minds. And let it change how we feel. And how we act. That they're not our enemies. That we're on a rescue mission. Third one I I kind of felt was was self-abuse. And what I mean by that is. Words that you speak to yourself. You know, you call yourself, oh, you you idiot. Oh, you're stupid. Oh, you're, you're this. And God wants to set you free from that. He wants that to change. He doesn't want you to speak death over yourself. He wants you to speak life. He wants you to be free. Use of money. How we spend our money. How we treat our spouses and our children. Use of our time. are just some other ones that... That kind of came to my mind. Uh, I really felt strongly about the first three. Um, about the first three. And so, what I want us to do is, um, worship team or whoever's going to come up with you. And actually, I'll, will Nard if you'll come up. I'll, I'll give you a break. I'll play the guitar. Um, I want us to take some time to respond. Because I mean, it would be great to hear a message and say, that's a good idea. I should think about doing that. <laughs> and then we're stuck in that, yeah, we changed our mind, but we didn't do anything about it. So just this is a time where we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to, to lead us. And if you need to move around, um, whether that's to the side, to the front, to the back, you may want to kneel at your chair, you may just want to sit there. Uh, you may want to stand up, whatever it may be. I just encourage you to respond to the Lord, to allow the Holy Spirit to say, look, ask Him, is there anything, Lord, that needs to change? And remember, you might become, He might show you the thing and say, and man, it's going, to hurt. it's going to hurt a little bit. He's going to say, oh Lord, I don't want that in my heart. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that. I don't want me I don't want to think about that person like that. I don't want to I don't want to talk about them like that, Lord. There has to be a change. There has to be repentance. And God's God's thrown out the rope to say, "Look, you can change. This 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 situation can change. This this way of of thinking that you have towards yourself, the way you speak to yourself can change." And so I just want us to to respond um this is just personal response time. And we're going to we're going to just lead a, a worship song and you can sing along or you can just listen quietly and let God speak to you. But um let's allow him to to lead us in this time. If we could just start standing up and then just kind of respond and move how how you need to move. Holy Spirit, we just invite you for this time, Lord. We want to respond to you. We don't want to just have a... a, We don't just want to read your word and say, that was nice, and go home, Lord. We want to read your word and have it affect our lives. and. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to our hearts, Lord. We want, we want the good change. We want freedom. We want every area of our lives to be walking in accordance with your truth and the way you see us and the way you see others and the way we are in Christ Jesus. And so we thank you, Lord, for moving among us this very night or this very morning, Lord, for touching our hearts and minds and opening up from our innermost beings. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Move us, Lord. Move us, Lord. Move us, Lord. We don't want to stay in the same place. We don't want to stay stuck where we're at. I've met too many church people. Not necessarily in this church. I've met too many religious people who are the same way they were 25 years ago. And I know, Lord, that's not the way you want it to be. You don't want us to be bound by that. You want us to live free. The freedom that we already have. The freedom that you purchased. So open up our minds. Open up our emotions. Open up our will, Lord. Open up our soul to respond to your Holy Spirit as you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: I'm a writer and so he gave me some things but he'll show it to you in whatever way so i just encourage you you know to uh, be open and and so let me pray over us i felt to do this and so lord i thank you for this morning i thank you father for lord where you brought us in the invitation this morning father i so caught that in, a, in, a, in a, just an awesome way this morning and i asked father that As we leave this place, that, Father, we'll continue to see you differently and just be open to the things that you have. And, Father, that you would start in our minds and and that would lead to actions and other things. And so I thank you for this body this morning. I thank you for, Lord, the families that are here, the families that are not here. And I just pray, Lord, that we would allow this just to... You know soak or or just resonate in our spirits this morning that we would not let this message go or not let this word go We would ask you we would spend time with you this week and let you continue to reveal yourself more to us in this area is more personal and and it will go to our families it will go to our marriages father i thank you for this timely word this morning and i just ask lord that we'll hold it close to our hearts and our spirits and that we'll continue to really to glean from this and and um lord it will lead to change and we'll we'll just um we'll accept that rope and that invitation that you have for this morning i thank you father i just pray blessing over the over this body as we go out and uh father that you've called you will have divine appointments divine appointments this week so help us to to look for those and and just uh be a light father thank you for the invitation this morning in jesus name amen